Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Unfound is brought to you by its supporters at Patreon, PayPal, and YouTube, along with its gracious advertisers. Barbara McRae was an 83-year-old from Buchanan, Georgia. She had a huge family and lived with one of her sons. On the evening of July 31st, 2021, Barbara went for a stroll along the road in front of her home. A relative driving by saw Barbara during this time. She was never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound. The topic of searches is something that has come up on virtually every episode that Unfound has ever done. Whether we're talking about jets going missing like with Ben Padilla or Flight 370, or people out on the water like the Marco Island 3 or the Pickering 6, or the more regular disappearances we cover on this podcast on a weekly basis. Some of those would include David Hardy Jr., an elderly gentleman whose disappearance is very much like ours today. Robert Cox, a guy who allegedly took off on his own, but his physical abilities would seem to say otherwise. Shelva Rafty, a woman who disappeared somewhere between her boyfriend's place and her own, or did she? Shanna Boydo, allegedly ran away from her boyfriend's car, although I'm not sure how many people believe that. And Unfound has covered many, many more like these. Sure, maybe these people didn't wander away. Maybe all of these cases were foul play. Still, that doesn't change the fact that searches should be done. Well, with the disappearance of Barbara McRae, she had dementia. She was 83. She was allegedly out there on a road alone. In her case, what exactly qualifies as walking distance? And now a summary of the case. You will not find this disappearance on the Charlie Project or on NamUs. Barbara McRae lived in Georgia her whole life. Why would she have moved when she had so much family around her? 
If you can believe this, Barbara had four children who in turn gave her almost 20 grandchildren who in turn had over 20 great grandchildren. Crazy numbers. And most of them were in that area of Georgia. Barbara's husband died in 2009, and her one son, Todd, moved in to help her out. Everything was fine. However, in 2019, Barbara had been diagnosed with dementia. She took the news well, and at the point of her disappearance, had not exhibited any of the major signs associated with the disease. So, on the evening of July 31st, 2021, Barbara, as she had done many times, went out for a walk. Despite her mind being in a state of degradation, her body worked fine. She was not headed anywhere in particular, and Barbara had plenty of time to get home before dark. A nephew of Barbara's even saw her on the road around 6.30 p.m., yet Barbara never returned to her house. She was never seen again. The next day, a search using many people on foot and on ATVs with the help of dogs combed the area where Barbara was last seen. Nobody found any signs of her at all. Until people get GPS chips implanted, and I'm not saying I'm for that, but until that happens, searches will always be very hit and miss. But do they have to be? Or does there have to be a genuine back-to-basics rethinking of how searches are done? Contemplate that as you try to answer these three questions during the interview. Number one, can we be sure the nephew saw Barbara on the correct date? Number two, why wasn't 911 called until the next day? And number three, Is Barbara still missing due to the unsuccessful searches, or could it be something else? Barbara's family isn't sure what to think, and is open to all possibilities. The guest for this episode is Barbara's granddaughter, Amy Coleman. Unfound News The merchandise store is open. Please check it out at unfound-podcast.myspreadshop.com. Once again, unfound-podcast.myspreadshop.com. And if you don't see something specific there, email me at unfoundpodcast.gmail.com and we will try to make it available. Next. The upcoming episode of Unfound Now is done. But right now, only Patreon and YouTube members can watch it. So, please consider joining up at either supporter site. Finally, I'm getting closer to the release of my teachable course, How to Podcast Better Than Anyone. Please look for some ads and other marketing items as we get closer to the release date. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound the granddaughter of Barbara McRae, Amy Coleman. Amy, welcome to Unfound. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Let's start here, as we usually do when we have family members uh, on Unfound as guests. Let's talk about your family as a whole. You are uh, a granddaughter, but how many children does Barbara have? And then if you can do the quick calculation in your mind, uh, you, of course, are a granddaughter. How many other grandsons or granddaughters uh, does Barbara have? I get the feeling it's a pretty big family, but why don't you tell the listeners? Okay, so um, there's four kids, Jeff, Scott, Vicky, and Todd. Um, Vicky, of course, is my mother. Um, and then there is, I would say, 25 grandkids. Wow. Um, or let's see. Wow. 25 grandkids. Let's see. Hold on. That's wrong. <laughs> 25 great-grandkids. Okay. All right, big, big family here. 13 grandkids and 25 grandkids, great-grandkids. Wow. 13 and 25 great-grands, yes. Okay, well, so I have to ask, Amy, how many kids do you have? How many kids do you contribute to all of that? I have three kids myself, um, two grandkids. And then you, you, and so you have three kids, and then you already have grandkids, and I know how old you are, so I'm not going to broadcast that to the world. But you already have two, a couple grandkids yourself. Yes. Look at you. Okay. Wow, that is a huge, huge family there in the uh, Cedartown, Georgia area, right? Yes. Wow. Okay. All right. So, um, and how many, maybe off the top of your head, how many brothers and sisters did your grandmother Barbara have or still has? Um, she has one still living, one um, sister living, and one um, brother that was is deceased. Okay. Okay. So, brother. all right. Sorry. So, one when he was a teenager. So. Uh, okay. So it's been a while. Okay. So huge family. And would you say that um, all of you are fairly close? For example, do you have like a, a family reunion every few years, or or, or what would you say? We are not as close as we used to be back when, uh, you know, I would say my, both of my grandparents were, um, uh, well, my grandfather was living and my grandmother, and, and, you know, my grandmother was, of course, you know, still here. Yeah. Um, of course, we, you know, Christmas, family Christmas at my uncle's house every year. Uh, when, when my grandfather was alive, we would have a family trail ride where everybody would get together um, and not only family would come, you know, other people would come to that. My granny was always a part of that. Um, and they would just go out and ride horses um, and things like that. And we, we would do that every year up until my grandfather passed um, in 2009. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And, but, of course, we have family dinners every year with grannies. Okay. 
All right, so we have this huge family. I mean, just crazy, crazy huge family. Um, but maybe not as close, like you said, as you used to be. You had a grandfather. I guess this is Barbara's husband who died in 2009? Yeah, um, ex-husband. Ex-husband, okay. So he died back then. It's been some years, so 14 years ago. And maybe since then, it's, it's kind of hard to keep everybody together. Everybody's, you know, especially these days, people move away, things like that. Okay. Let's move on to this. Let's just talk about your grandmother herself. I know for myself, I was very fortunate. I grew up only one yard away from my one set of grandparents that I had. What about you? Um, how often did you get to see your grandmother, Barbara? Um, you know, how often did you talk to her? How close were you to her? What were some of those things you would say? When I was, I went um, here the most recently before she went missing, I would go eat with her and my mom occasionally at Cracker Barrel. My mama would pick her up mm -hmm. um, at least and take her to eat. So I would go um, with them to that. We probably got, had a closer relationship when I got in high school and, you know, got a car and could go out and I'd go out and meet her for lunch, um, mm -hmm. you know, and Granny was, she was the backbone. She was always there. You know, she was selfless, so selfless. She helped, you know, any of us. If we ever needed her help, she was always there, um, mm -hmm. you know, and so we were closer probably back, you know, then uh, when I was in high school. I moved away to California um, Wow! In, in my early 20s. I got married, and um, my husband at the time was stationed at 29 Palms. So I lived in California for a little while. Um, and then later on, um, I had moved back for a few years, but then I ended up moving to Kansas because um, we got mm -hmm. stationed there um, at one point. So I've kind of been back and forth. Um, I have been back here um, for maybe 12 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I have seen her. Of course, I would see her mainly at family get-togethers. Um, mm -hmm. And now I did stay with her some when I was pregnant with my second um, kid. I did go and I would stay with her some then. Um, you know, so... Probably when I was um, younger, and then when I got in my 30s, um, you know, I probably just was busy being a mom. You know, life just gets busy. It does. Uh, and then, of course, we live, you know, about 20 or 30 minutes away from where she lived, because she lived in Felton, um, and we live in Cedartown. We grew up here, and the majority of my cousins all live in Felton or lived growing up in Felton. So, you know, they were probably all more closer to her just because they lived around her. Mm -hmm. um, so they got to see her, I feel like, you know, of course, more than we did. Okay. Um, so what kind of, like, uh, maybe what kind of personality did your grandmother or Barbara have? Uh, kind of laid back, reserved, kind of maybe fiery? What would you, how would you describe her? She was, Definitely, I would say laid back, um, mm -hmm. but uh, she was very also she was very stubborn um, as well. Um, as far as like I know, um, you know, it definitely come out um, when she got dementia. You know, we would want 
like my mom wanted her to stay at her house and yeah. brought her here. Um, but as soon as she got a chance, you know, she was ready to go home. She walked to the neighbor's house. Hey, can you take me to my house? Um, yeah. She was very, you know, stubborn. Even up until she went missing, she wanted to be at her house. Um, but she was, and she was a fiery little lady. Now, if you got her upset, you know, she would, she would let you know. <laughs> um, but again, she was selfless and, you know, the sweetest lady you could imagine. Okay. What were uh, some of her interests? Uh, what did she do in, in her spare time? Um, things like that. Hobbies? What was she into? Well, I know back, you know, when she could get out and go and do stuff, I know she would spend time with her grandkids. That was important, you know, spending time with us mm -hmm. uh, was important to her. Um, she took care of cats, stray cats, if they come up, you know, um, and that was any time. Taking care of people really, I, I mean, has been a big part of her life, even, you know, uh, I remember back, I don't even feel like she really had time, you know, sometimes to go home and do other things because she would spend her day sitting with people who had Alzheimer's or dementia, you know, things like that, older people that, you know, were in mm -hmm. the same situation that she was in when she went missing. Right. And maybe you should remind the listeners, how old was she when she went missing? 83. All right. So, um... Not a youngster, maybe even possibly the oldest uh, person we've ever covered as a disappearance on Unfound. I would have to check back that, uh, check that to make sure, but certainly one of the oldest. And so she's 83 years old. We also have to remember remind the listeners that this is a fairly recent disappearance from 2021. Okay, and what is your understanding of, you know, what was her daily schedule? Of course, she's into her 80s. What did she do when she got up in the morning? We're going to get how she was living with one, her, her son, Todd. But what is your understanding of her daily activities? Um, what was she into? Watch TV or what did she do? She just, um, you know, I don't even think she, I don't even know if she had um, a work in TV, honestly. Um, but I just know she would get up and spend the day. I'm sure they probably do. <laughs> Have mm -hmm. a TV. I said that, but she would probably get up, watch TV, and like I said, just spend time with the cat. She always has had animals inside that you know she would sit and tend to. So, and as far as I know, from what I've gathered, is that she just got up and just would stay home, um, except for the days that she would you know want to get out and take a walk. Okay. Okay, so uh, once again, 80-some years old. My dad is 86 years old. Uh, he's actually very still physically and mentally able. He still drives places every day. He goes sees her friends. But we realize that not all, all 80-year-olds are, are like that. A lot of factors, you know, illnesses and things can um, factor in. Of course, we know it's, um, you know, the average age of a person in the United States. You're very lucky to even get into your 80s. Okay. So let's move on to this. You've already kind of mentioned it. Uh, dementia. How long it had been going on? Was it officially medically uh, diagnosed? How bad was it? Uh, what can you say about that, Amy? So she had had it for about, I think, about two years. 
Um, she was diagnosed by a doctor with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, when we were around her, um, uh, probably just a couple months before she went missing, um, she was in her right mind. She would get confused and mixed up. Um, but as far as knowing her name, where she lived, things like that, she always, you know, always seemed to know those things. Mm-hmm. It was, um, would tell stories like the day she went missing. I know she went to my uh, mama's cousin's house and cleaned out his building, but she said she was cleaning the building out for um, her son, Jeff. Um, and I know that because his wife had picked her up that day um, around lunch and took mm-hmm. her home. She wanted to take her to her house, but like I said, she's stubborn and refused. Mm-hmm. Um, the most part like you know she was there she would just get confused you know and then like my mom said she would tell stories she told people that president trump was our cousin and he lived in secret town and she would tell the same story to different people but it's like we knew that you know the story was wrong Uh but she she would have that same story and tell it to you know different people and my mama verify that because she said I heard her tell the same story to other people and I was like that's not you know they knew that wasn't right (laughs) okay all right so uh, she was telling some stories got confused these are things that are not unusual for any family member or friend you've had friends that have this kind of condition um how did she react maybe if it was two years that say she was diagnosed let's say in 2019 2018 2019 how did she react to that? How did she handle that news? Of course, that can be, you know, there's no cure, for, of course, we know for dementia or Alzheimer's. Uh, how did she react to it? Do you even know? I, I wasn't there with her. Um, I don't know. I know my cousin, Missy, um, was usually the, ones that would take, the one that would take her to her doctor's appointments. So she would be the one that would know of her initial reaction. But I imagine... She was probably shocked and scared. I know that mm, would be my yeah and to finding out you know that I was mm. I had something that was gonna okay. you know really forget or confuse you on who the people are that love you and know you and that you love and know right right. I think this is just something of course we need to maybe understand uh, given the circumstances of the disappearance. And we've had a couple dis, uh, disappearances that we've covered on Unfound where uh, people had been diagnosed uh, with dementia, Alzheimer's, or something, you know, something along those lines. Um, I do have to bring this up, though. She did, at some point, put a dog in a car. And, you know, once again, I don't like talking about negative things like that, but just maybe to give an example, maybe, of where her mind was. Did she leave it a dog in a car and the dog died? Did that did that happen? Yes. Yeah, so the story I heard, I overheard the story at my aunt's house that um, she had went over. Uh, one of my cousin's kids was working on a, a car at mm-hmm. his grandmother's house, which is across the street, and um, which would be my Uncle Scott's house. And um, she went over, sat in the car. I don't know if anybody actually saw her sitting in the car, Um, but it was about two weeks later when, um, he went to work on the car again 
and uh, that was when they found the dog. And they, you know, knew the dog was missing, but the area is just a big wooded area, you know, so they didn't think, you know, they thought either the dog ran off, you know, somebody could have shot the dog because it went up on their land, you know. There was, I mean, you know, there's a lot of different reasons, you know, I guess Mm. that they weren't out looking for it and um then they you know he went to work on the car and that was when they found it oh and great other people's cars around that time um she got one of my cousin's cars and took all the paperwork or something out or all of her stuff out one time so um that was how they come to the conclusion that it had to have been granny who got in the car and didn't realize the dog was in there and wow. okay well that's very sad Okay, but, uh, all right, uh, but to your knowledge, uh, did your grandmother, uh, Barbara, ever, for example, you know, kids or grandkids show up and she didn't know who they were, just as an example? Uh, no, not that I know of. The only time I know of, like, my Aunt Sandy said that, you know, she picked her up that day and she was calling my cousin Keith, um, her, you know, Jeff or whatever, mm. her son, but as far as when we would pull up like anytime I was around her she knew who I was um she knew my mama yeah okay all right we have to remember you of course dementia these conditions sometimes can people can go down downhill very very fast and then sometimes it's you know takes a you know a lot longer to get to the point where they don't know the people around them it's just you know it's still a very big mystery as far as medicine is concerned all right, let's move on to this. How did it come to be? Of course, she has uh, a few children, uh, but how did it come to be that her son Todd was the one that was living with her? We just talked about him in general terms. How did those two come to live together? Why wasn't she living by herself, or why wasn't somebody else living with her? Or maybe even her living with, like, your mother or somebody in their, her house. How did it come to be that Todd was living with Barbara? So, on and off, um since I can remember, um, he has lived with my granny. Um, he would move out, like, um, you know, he's been married several times. So the only time I really know of him moving out, and I think maybe one time that he was married, he actually still lived with her. But um, that's the only times I'm, I've known of him moving out. Other than that, um, mm-hmm. The only time he lived by himself that I can remember, it was probably in the 80s when I was, you know, a little kid. A little kid. girl, okay. He lived next door to her um, at that point. Um, and then I don't I don't know what happened to, he lived in a single wide trailer, so I don't know whatever happened to him, you know, living there, if it just became an unlivable spot or what, but um, he was the one that just always lived with her on and off. He's the baby. Um, mm-hmm. so kind of doted on him I feel like a little more in his kids than you know everybody else but um, you know my mom Scott and Todd they all have their own houses um, and everything so that was why they none, you know none of them live with her or she didn't live and the reason that she didn't live with my mama after the her being diagnosed yeah. with the is because, you know, she did try to bring her to her house, but, you know, she didn't want to be there. And I guess they didn't want, they wanted her to be comfortable 
and I guess they felt like, you know, she wasn't going to be, and she wasn't going to try, you know, stay there unless she was at her house, um, and unfortunately, um, you know, nobody got to step in in time and do anything, you know, before she went missing. Okay. Uh, how did you, and you're, once again, I'm not saying you were there uh, personally, but how did Todd react to this diagnosis of her being diagnosed with dementia? And, uh, you know, how was he, in your family's opinion, how was he taking care of her after this diagnosis? From what I understand, um, you know, like, he, you know, he insisted that he would take care of her. Um, okay. We, you know, like I said, we all insisted that, you know, that we would help. Mama tried to mm. bring her up here. Um, but he insisted he would take care of it. Him and Misty were the main two, um, you know, taking care of her. And Misty is um, who? And who, Misty is who? Misty is his daughter. Okay, Todd's daughter. Okay. All right, so they, so after this, uh, not much changed. After this diagnosis, things kind of just stayed the same. The, those two were living there together, and that's the way it was. Yes. Okay. Let's move on to this. Now, my understanding is not only did uh, your grandmother live in here, but she had some rental properties um, that she collected rent on. Uh, you know, was this uh, before she went mis missing, as far as you understand? How was that money being managed? Um, you know, of course, with dementia, it's one of the things you worry about. People start not taking care of their finances. What is your understanding regarding, once again, before she went missing, uh, how that was all being taken care of. So, as far as I know, um, her, I get um, her or Todd, one I'm guessing would collect the money. Um, um, from what I understand, you know, um, Todd is in charge of those rental properties um, and collects the money on them. Which I'm thinking there might be only one that's rented out currently. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, but he would still be, you know, as, and as far as I know, before she went missing, he would have been in charge of getting that money um, and paying bills, you know, taking care of her, things like that with it. Okay. Uh, now, what actually <coughs> happened, we don't, we don't know, but from what I understand, that is how it is. Okay. And regard, maybe going, you know, in regards to, once again, her medical diagnosis, um, you know, was she getting good care since that? Was she going to see a doctor after that? Was she able to pay her bills? I realize we have Medicare and all that. But was she able to take care of all of that, given her finances? Yeah, as far as, I've, as, far as I know, yes. I'm, you know, I don't know of her being, you know... Um, she wasn't destitute or anything? No. Okay. Okay. Let's move on to one more thing, and because this kind of uh, also, you know, very much is a topic of this disappearance. Uh, your grandmother Barbara liked to walk. Um, when and where? Did other family members live close? Would she walk there, or did she walk to a friend's house? What is your understanding regarding her liking to go out and walk? And I understand she even liked to go out and walk when the weather wasn't even quite that nice. What can you tell the listeners about her walking habits? So she did love to go out and walk. Um, she, my, um, uncle Scott and Aunt Louise live across the street from her. They're the only house, um, really within probably, I don't know, a 
at least a quarter to a half of a mile of her house. Okay. Um, so, and I would say, so she would walk over there. That was the where she left the dog in the car. Um, she would walk to my Aunt Sandy's. Um, from what I understand, she would walk through the woods because um, there's trails to go from each of my uncle's houses to the other. Um, so she would get in the woods. She would walk in the woods on the trails from one house to another. Um, she could climb fences or you know gates or whatever. Huh. Uh, yeah, she was uh, she was in an in shape old lady, I guess. She huh. was out there, you okay. know, out there walking and. Okay. But she would like my aunt said she you know she would always go home. She knew where her house was. Um, so that's one thing about her going out and walking is that she would, uh, she would always go home and that, you know, she did always know where her home was. Um, and that was one, another reason why my mama, um, was hesitant about trying to make her stay in Cedartown is because if she, you know, did go out walking in Felton, she knew the area. She Mm -hmm. had been there all her life. She would know how to get back home versus if she was out walking you know my mom lives out in the country you know where she lives where we live but if she was to get out walking out in the country out there she's not going to know where she's at you know she's going to be more i could see her side of that you know as far as not wanting to make her stay or try to keep her here Mm -hmm. you know uh, I have to ask, during any of these prior walks that she had ever been on, did she ever get lost? Did anybody ever have to go looking for her? Anybody have to go pick her up in a car, to your knowledge? No. She would no. always go back home. Okay. All right, so she's walking out there, and like you said, your understanding is even though her mind had been diagnosed as, you know, um, of course deteriorating, physically she was in pretty good shape. Yes. Okay. Um, let me just ask you some questions. They, of course, all the listeners know that uh, we follow an outline for every interview we do on Unfound. And these are questions uh, now that uh, Amy knows will be coming. And I also want to state that we are doing this interview on February 25th of 2023. Uh, how often were you, let's just say, seeing and or talking to her at this time, Amy, you personally, yourself? Um, I just saw her every, occasionally when I would go eat with her and my mom, probably just, you know, maybe a few times over the last year. Um, okay. As far as talking to her, her on the phone, um, my uncle had taken her phone at, you know, whatever point after she was diagnosed, so nobody really had a way to contact her unless she went to her house and there was a dog that would literally buy anybody that come up to her house. Mm. That was why people didn't really go over and visit her, you know, and spend time with her because obviously, you know, you've got this dog that (laughs) is not put up or, you know. Okay. Do you think any, maybe your grand, uh, one of her grandchildren, do you think any of her other grandchildren were seeing her more often? I'm sure they were. Um, I know Misty probably was being, this, you know, she was helping Todd take care of her. Um, and I'm sure his kids probably went over there to visit him. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure they her, you know, when they went to visit, you know, him. Okay. Do you have any idea how often your mother was seeing her? Um, I know she was, if, if 
not more than once a month. I know she was at least seeing her once a month, um, you know, to take her out and go eat and things like that. Okay. Well, I, maybe I should ask you this then. Next question. Any other maybe people checking in to make sure that Todd and Misty, his daughter, were doing a good job of taking care of her being that she had been diagnosed with? Anybody kind of like just checking in to make sure things were going as they should? <clears throat> well, I think, um, I'm sure people were probably checking in. I think, um, you know, I think it's probably always been a concern with him being the one taking care of her, only because out of all of the kids, you know, to us or to me, he is probably the least responsible, you okay. know, so he, you know, Okay. but, and I hate, I don't know, I hate to say that, but it's, it's, that's it's just a family. That doesn't mean it. Uh, that doesn't mean it's true. That's just a family perception. Right. <laughs> all right. Okay. So all right. Just want to make that clear. You're not making a value judgment. That's just your opinion. Right. Okay. All right. So there was some uncertainty there. So let's move on to this. In your opinion, was a change about to be made regarding the living and care arrangements? Um. Not from. I know. I had heard. You know, um, my mom and my aunt talk about, you know, things needing to be done, but I don't think because of Granny wanting to stay in her house, I don't think they had anything set in motion, you know, or planned at the time. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think after the fact now that everybody wishes they had stepped up and done something a lot, you know. Okay, well, we're all, all, all we're concerned about is anything, any plans of changing the way things had been for years. That, for example, you might bring in a part-time nurse to check in on her, to stay with her, you know, because that's kind of what my mom had, mother had for a while before she died, uh, or move her to another place. Was there any solid plans like that or, or talk about trying to make that happen? When she was first diagnosed, um, my Uncle Jeff actually offered to fix up the rental house that is currently being rented out for her, mm -hmm. um, hire 24-hour care for her, but that was, um, at that point, from my understanding, my Uncle Todd had rented the house out without letting anybody else know, um, so the house was never fixed up for her. Okay, so I guess what we're saying then is if she doesn't go missing, the an the anticipation is not much would have changed. It would have been her living with Todd, and that's the, the way things would have been. Right, unfortunately, I, I think mm -hmm. that's how it would have been. Okay, let's move on to one last question, then we will get to the, to the, the, uh, this, this, the day what is accepted as the date of her disappearance. Um, regarding anybody... Uh, the last time somebody saw or talked to her that you trust, who was the last? Who would that last person be who saw her, who or talked to her before she went missing that you trust? That would have been my aunt Sandy. Um, that seen her the day she went missing and took her home around lunch. Um, mm -hmm. She, well, when she picked her up, she did say she was sweating really bad, and she told her she didn't feel good that day. And Sandy told her, you know, you need to go in and lie down and get mm. some rest. Um, and then, of course, later that evening was when my cousin Zach saw her walking down the road. Um, okay. But 
but Mandy would have been the last person. Okay, we'll get to that sighting in a little bit. And your understanding is that is July 31st, 2021? Yes. Okay. All right, so let's move up to that day. So your Aunt Sandy and Barbara were together that date, July 31st, 2021? Yes. All right, did they go anywhere? Did they go to Cracker Barrel? or What did they do? No, she just had picked her up. She saw her, um, I guess, at my cousin's Keith my cousin Keith's house when she was going down the road. So she stopped and picked her up because obviously she knew she was not at the right house. Um, and she just took her to her house. And that, you know, of course she wasn't feeling well. So she told mm-hmm. her to go in and lay down and rest. And then she went on home. She did try to get my grandmother to go home with her, mm-hmm. but she refused. She wanted would- to be at her house. Okay. All right. As many old people Older people do uh, at that age uh, know that. All right. So then, what is then the story for? What is then the story for the rest of that day, July thirty first, twenty twenty one? We know this is kind of up for a little bit of speculation, but what is your understanding? So your aunt leaves. Barbara is there. What's yes. there in so there was some sort of sighting allegedly. We'll come back to this later, but was there a sighting of her walking? Yes, my cousin Zach saw her walking around 6 30 that evening. Um, in the area she was walking in or towards, um, there's not really any houses. Um, there's some big power lines that run, you know, off the side of the road. So it's just kind of like really a wooded area, um, except for, you know, it's cleared out for the power lines. Um, but for the most part, there wasn't any houses where she was seen walking. Um, no. She was just, she was kind of in an area where um, she was in between the houses, I guess. Okay, so she was walking on a road, though. Yes. Okay. Yes, she was on the road. All right, we have to remember this is July. Uh, it's gonna, it doesn't get dark till after 8 o'clock, and so it's daylight out. She's walking out there, even though it seems that she was having maybe some sort of issue earlier in the day, but we're going to come back to this sighting later. Uh, this, this place where she was allegedly seen, how far would you say this was from her house in miles? I would say no more than a mile. Pretty close. Yeah. Pretty close. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And seemingly... Uh, she went on this walk and seemingly never came back. Seemingly. Right. Okay. All right. So that is July 31st. She's out there in the evening, allegedly. And um, that is how this disappearance gets started. Let's move on to August 1st, 2021. Coincidentally, my birthday. Um, who was the first person to kind of alert everybody, kind of say, hey, you know, something's not right here uh, regarding Barbara. How did that all get started that next day? So for, um, for us, for us uh, my cousin Keith, who uh, my grandmother had just went and cleaned his garage, his building out the um, day before, she, the day she went missing, he is the one that actually called my brother, um, my brother's name is David. David was working in California because um, he contracts out and does contract work. Um, so he was in California. He called my mom um, when she got out of church around lunchtime on August 1st. 
and he was actually the one that told my mom that she was innocent. Hmm. How did he find out? He found out from her cousin, Keith, the one that um, my granny had went to his house the morning she went missing and okay. cleaned out his building. Okay. He was the one that called my And how did he find out? Um, my uncle and I think his daughter, Misty, and her husband, Matt, were going around, driving around the roads looking for her the next morning. Mm, my wow. aunt said she saw Misty's husband maybe around 6 or 6.30, August the 1st, mm. driving down the little dirt road they live on. It runs off of the main road my grandmother lives on. Mm-hmm. All right, so I guess what we're saying is there are quite a few other family members who knew about this before it got to you. Yeah. yeah, there was like three or four people. There was like three or four degrees of separation between somebody who figured out she was missing and yourself. Right, and oh. yes. Okay. Even my mom. <laughs> okay, um, and what did you do? Uh, did you go over there? Did other people go over to the house? What went on yeah. at uh, on August 1st when these people realized, and we'll get to Todd here in a moment, that... Um, Barbara seemingly went on this walk and never came back. What, what, what all happened there the rest of August 1st? So, um, I went, me, my niece Gretchen and her, um, ex, her husband at the time went to, um, to Felton, which is where my grandmother lived and went missing from. Uh, we went out there. I actually made a post on Facebook before I even left my house and asked for people to come help us search for her if they were in the area or nearby. And of course, asked for people to look out for her. Um, surprisingly, we had a, a, a big turnout just, I think, mainly from my post on Facebook. Um, but something odd did happen. Um, once everybody started getting out there, my one of my cousins, which would be Missy's sister, saw my post on Facebook. At this point, they didn't even know Granny was missing. Um, okay. But they they were told, um, she texted Misty supposedly and said, this was her words to me, um, hey, we're coming out to help look for Granny. And Misty said, you can, but there's no need. Okay. All right. Um, but everybody gets to Barbara's house. Todd is there. At that point, had he even called 911 yet? They were calling 911 when my mom was on the phone with me around lunchtime. So I on think August. it's around 15 hours after she had been missing. Okay, so on August 1st is finally like kind of around noontime is when uh, Todd or somebody finally called 911 to get the police involved. Yes. Okay. And uh, to this day, has there ever been any understanding between uh, your family of why it took that long for that something to happen like that, to call 911? No, I have no idea. Okay. All right, we'll come back to that. All right, so August 1st, so everybody's over there. She seemingly, the story goes, um, that she went out for this walk. And, and well, I should ask you this, when did all of you find out that she had gone on this walk? We know now that somebody allegedly saw her, but on that day, August 1st, did all of you know that she had gone out for a walk the, the evening before, or was that something that was discovered later? 
Um, that was what we were told when we found out she was missing. So I'm guessing um, they knew the next morning. Mm. I know my check <coughs> on her when he came in that night um, before he went to bed. So all we know is when we were told she was missing, that was the story we got. She was walking down the street. And that was the last time anybody saw her from that point she was missing. All right. And did you, all of your family, when they showed up at Barb's house, Barb's house on that day, did everybody, those people showing up, did they know that she went for a walk late, or, uh, the day before? They knew by the time they got there, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. That she had went for a walk and just vanished. Okay. So August 1st, let's talk a little bit about August 1st and the next few days. We, uh, of course, the police get called. Uh, tell the listeners a little bit about the searches, how many people involved, uh, you know, helicopters, ATVs, dogs. Um, where did they look? How, how big was the search? What is your understanding? I, I, you might not have been involved. Uh, I don't know, Amy, if you were, of course, tell your own personal experience. But what is your understanding of the, everybody looking for Barbara? So, um, originally, um, we had like a volunteer fire department, I think, that come out, or somebody from the volunteer fire department to come out, and I think he mainly kind of tried to help organize the first initial search we did where um, <coughs> everybody that comes out before the official search and rescue teams come out, we kind of just walked arms length apart, you know, all over the land, you know, that we, you know, as far as we could, we walked all the way back um, to the railroad tracks. We followed the railroad tracks, um, you know, from her house down. Um, we pretty much tried to cover every area. We sure. um, had ATVs, um, so some of us were on ATVs. Um, some of us were just on foot. Of course, you know, you can only get some places on foot out there. We'd have to park and get off. Um, but then the official search and rescue people came. There were, you know, of course, people from all over different counties. There were 25 search and rescue dogs. Wow. They had drones. Um, I do believe there was a helicopter. The um, None of the search and rescue dogs picked up her scent. They brought out cadaver dogs. Um, from what I understand, one of the cadaver dogs sat next to my uncle's truck. They took his truck. They took his phone. My uncle Todd. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. They took his, you know, his truck and his phone. Um, but, but from what I understand, they couldn't, you know, find anything to incriminate him. So he got all, you know, of course he got his stuff back and, um, since then, it's really just, that's okay. been it. They searched okay. for her for, I think, three days and probably covered, you know, like a mm. few, yeah, I forgot how many miles they said they went out. Probably pretty, pretty big area with all those people involved and then ATVs. I mean, we're talking some square miles, right? Yes, yes. We okay. even went over myself and uh, my niece and her fiance, we even went across the um, road, the highway, um, because the road, you know, there's 
the highway. We went across the highway and even checked, you know, the other areas across the highway for her. I know I saw one of our local um, canine officers from Cedartown walk in the side of the highway with his canine, you know, with his um, mm-hmm. dog. So. Okay. All right. So pretty, pretty, pretty good effort went into trying to find Barbara. Yes. Okay. Uh, anything, uh, to your knowledge, anything of hers found, any clothing or anything that possibly could have been hers, like a, maybe not a jacket, it's July, but you know what I'm saying. Anything that maybe they found while they were searching, piece of clothing, a shoe, anything like that that even could have been hers, to your knowledge? Nothing. Okay. Now, we have this course already, this one sighting, but are were there any other possible sightings of her from the evening before by anybody else? No. None. And, uh, and I'm going to do a map analysis uh, video for all of this so people can see kind of the area. And uh, for the listeners, uh, Amy's going to be getting me the, the, like the address of where Barb and Todd were living and uh, hopefully the she can give me also a, an idea of where the sighting was of this uh, nephew or cousin, whoever it was, that saw uh, Barbara walking uh, so I can do a map analysis. But you're, um, you know, you've been there. How would you describe the area? A lot of houses, hard to search, easy to search, a lot of woods, hills, rivers, creeks. How would you describe the area? Um, there's a few creeks. Um... I think there's maybe a pond or two. Um, it's definitely wooded most of the area. Um, hills, because it's a, it's a mountainous area. So, mm-hmm. uh, definitely, there's definitely a lot of hills and um, stuff like that out there. So, Okay. All right, so not the easiest area to search. No. Okay. Now, I'll also have to ask you this. Once again, your family's impression. Was she just walking, if we're to believe that she was walking this evening before, is it the belief that she was actually walking to go to somebody's house, or was she just going out for a walk? What, what, any sort of conclusion your family has come to? We, um, as far, I mean, she wasn't walking towards anybody in the family's house, so we think she was just out for a walk. Okay, so there was no actual destination. Maybe she's just going to make a big circle and come back to her place. Right. Okay. All right, let's move on to what we're going to call the rest of the investigation. There, I'll, I'll you know get deeper into a few of these things. Um, besides, besides Barb, Barbara, is there anything else missing of hers? Does it seem like she took anything with her? Uh, you already told me. We'll maybe get back to the phone here in a moment. But... Uh, like a purse, a jacket, anything that somebody might take on a walk, anything else missing be- besides just Barbara herself? No, nothing. Barbara right. and the clothes on her back, and that was it. Okay, so like her ID, purse, wallet, anything like that, all still at her house? Yes. Okay, very good. Um, let's talk now about this sighting, uh, this, uh, great nephew, um, so, uh, when he saw her, once again, your understanding is, did, like, he honk at her, was he driving by, was he walking too, what is your understanding of the sighting? 
he, from my understanding, he was just driving home, driving home, you know, like going home from work. Yeah. Um, he lives on the main road, so he was just driving by. Okay. Did he, like, honk at her? Did he wave at her? Did she wave at him? Do we know? I don't know. I'm sure he probably waved at her. I don't know whether or not, you know, he did for mm-hmm. sure. I don't know. But I imagine he probably did wave. And um, and she, you know, if she did recognize him, she, of course, would have waved back. Okay, so, but we don't know that for sure. He didn't, for example, his sighting wasn't as complete as, I was driving the round road, I saw a woman walking on the side of the road, and I noticed it was Barbara, and I tooted as I went by, I waved, and she waved. She, He's never said anything as complete as that. No, not to my knowledge. It was just, he was the person saw her when he was going down the road. Okay, and did he come to the rest of your family with that story right away or did it take a few days uh, no um that we knew um immediately i guess once we knew she was missing because that was the story we all got okay so this is for example as you might expect amy sometimes we get sightings of people and then somebody doesn't come forward till like three weeks later and they're saying they're insisting it's the disappearance date but you know, it's been so long since the actual date, we, we start wondering, is the person remembering the right day or not? Okay, that's why I'm asking. Yeah. But your yeah. understanding is this is something that was known fairly quickly. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure it was probably that morning that they were looking for her. That they would have asked, you know, have y'all seen mm-hmm. her? And he would have said, well, I just saw her yesterday evening at 6.30 when I was on my way home, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. I'm, and I'm not, I'm not too, you know, saying he's lying or anything, but sometimes when it comes to sightings like this, we would like a little more information. And maybe if you get to talk to him um, sometime soon, you can maybe ask him. Of course, his disappearance is not that old. It's not even two years old yet. Maybe he can remember the exact circumstances. You know, yeah, did he wave? Did he toot? Did he do this? Did he do that? Did he think it odd? Did he ever, for example, did he ever see her walking on that road at that time before? Things like that. Yeah. You yeah, know? I actually did read him before this call, so I'm hoping he does. Okay. Um, Great. And that might be helpful. You know, if he's to say that, yeah, I used to see her once a week when I'd be coming home from work, I think that, you know, then we, and then, you know, there's adds a lot more credibility, you know, to what he's saying. And, you know, I'm not saying he's lying necessarily. But we just would like a little more context for all of that. Okay, let's move on to Todd. Being that he's the one uh, that was living with her. Um, you told me, though, that, uh, of course, she. this is July 31st. She's allegedly out walking. And the only, unfortunately, we only have the person to, that saw this was this person we just talked about, this, this uh, great nephew. But there was a story about Todd actually being out, I guess, in his car or truck that night as well. There was a sighting of him. Um, where and by whom? My cousin Stephen um, actually saw him. He lives a little further down the road uh, from, from my grandmother, and he saw him coming by his house um, hmm. on his way home that night at about 11 or 11.30. Um, and he just knew specifically, you know, it was around that time because that was his daughter's curfew and she was coming in mm-hmm. uh, from a date that time. All right. So, uh, somebody else you trust, 
sees Todd, and Todd is out in his vehicle around 11, 11.30 that night. Yes. Okay, would this have been, once again, being that you you live in the general area, would this have been in the general area where Bar, Barb would have been seen walking? No, she was seen walking. The area he was coming from is the opposite side of the road where she was. She was seen closer to the highway mm-hmm. um, in the yeah, he was coming from is off of the mountain where there's like three different dirt roads that connect to their road. Okay, so not, you would say then in your opinion, not not near each other. Right. How many, okay. maybe if we were to drive between both locations, how far would it take? How long would it take? Um, it's a good... Probably six, seven miles or so down the road. Okay, so maybe 10 minutes away. Right. Something like that. All right, so not in the same location of where she was seen walking. And I don't know if anybody really believed that Barbara went walking six or 10 miles uh, that evening. Okay. All right, so Todd was out. He's driving around, and did the person say that Todd was just by himself? Uh, well, it was dark, so mm-hmm. I don't know if he could, he, he could just see that it was his truck. Um, I'm not sure how, you know, far back off. I think his house probably sits a little further back off the road, so I think he just saw the truck go by okay. and didn't see who actually was in it. All right. Has Todd ever given any explanation of what he was doing out that night? Not to my knowledge. I don't know if he was questioned. I don't know if anybody you know, told the detective they seen him out um, mm-hmm. at that time. Um, so okay. I don't know. All right. That. So, for example, when everybody showed up at Barbara's on August 1st, during the conversations they had with Todd, Todd did not say, well, you know what? I tried to go out and look for her last night and couldn't find her. So just, just as an example. Right. No, not to my knowledge. Okay. Very good. Now, uh, let's talk about... Uh, so the police wanted to search uh, Barbara's house and property, and how did Todd feel about that? Todd um, asked for a search warrant for them to search the property. And did we did eventually give a reason that he wanted this? Did, did, did we eventually, I should say, did your family or everybody find out eventually why he wanted uh, that? I was given a reason. I don't know that it is fact, but I was told that he had two pounds of marijuana in his house or in her house, and mm-hmm. that was why he didn't anyone on the property. Now, okay. If it's true, I don't know for fact. Okay, so I'll ask you this. Being that you know Todd and we don't, um, or what your family does, would you be surprised uh, that he had that? Of course, we know many places in the country now that's legal, but uh, I don't know if it is in Georgia. Um, would that surprise you if you, he had that in Barbara's house? No. Okay, your impression no. of the family, overall impression of Todd, that would not be a surprise? No. Okay. Did But we should say, though, did Barbara's house and the property eventually get searched anyway? Yes. Okay, and to your knowledge, did the police find anything... 
Other than that, did they find anything that could be connected, you believe, to Barbara's disappearance? No. Okay. Let's talk about the 911 call. We've already stated she goes missing seemingly on July 31st sometime, but it's not until noon uh, the next day, so you know, 15 hours, 16, 17, 18 hours after this sighting, if we're to believe it, that 911 uh, gets called. Did Todd or is maybe even his daughter Misty, who you said were involved, have they ever given any explanation in the last year and a half as to why they didn't call sooner? Of course, she's out there. They're, they're going to know if she's home or not, comes home before dark. Any explanation? No. None. Zero. Okay. Uh, moving on to, we have to remember that Barbara has the this at least one rental property. There, there's money coming in. Uh, do we know what the status of that is as of February twenty fifth, twenty twenty three? Um, is somebody still living on that rental property? Are they paying the rent? Where is that money going? Is that money being saved for Barbara? Should she? Uh, of course, we hope that she, of course, pops up alive. Um, do you know anything about any of that? Um, from what I understand, Todd gets um, collects her rent money, and what happens to it after that, I I don't know. I don't know if it if it's being put up. I doubt since it's not going directly into her checking account um, mm -hmm. that it is. I would assume he's you know probably using it to. Well, we're not going to, I just don't want to get into that. All I'm asking you is, I guess, let me just ask you this. Has anybody recently, so uh, does, does Todd have access to your grandmother's banking information? No, his daughter Misty is on her account with her. Okay, Misty is. All right, so, okay. And has anybody recently, uh, has Misty allowed anybody else to check Barbara's uh, checking, banking, savings, money accounts recently, to your knowledge? Not that we know of, no. Okay. All right. And does Todd still live in, uh, still live in Barbara's house? Place? Yes. Okay. Let's move on to this. Anybody uh, asked to take any polygraph tests in this disappearance? Um, I'm not sure. I would have to ask. Okay. That. Okay, but you've not. All I'm asking, as of the, as of the time we're doing this interview, have you ever heard about anybody being asked to take any lie detector tests, anything like that? No. Okay. So we don't have any uh, information regarding that. If Todd, or if Misty, or anybody else in the in the vicinity, uh, uh, you know, if there's any suspects, and we think there's foul player, no, we don't know anything about that. Regarding uh, Barbara, your grandmother, and her conversations with anybody that you trust, ever any complaints about living with Todd? That you know, thing you know, she didn't like living with him or anything like that. You know, how were the two getting along as best as you can tell? Uh, I don't think she ever complained um, about living with Todd. Um, to my knowledge, I haven't been told, you know, that she's said anything. So, I, as far as I know, she, you know, everything was good. Okay, so she never thought that, um, just as this is just a, an example, 
that uh, Todd was ripping her off or anything like that. No, I don't think she ever thought that. Okay. All right. And uh, so she wasn't, and she wanted to stay at home too, right? And then there wasn't, uh, if there was going to be any, any additional care for her, she wanted to stay at home. Uh, let's move on to this. Uh, there's a story of a, a power of attorney regarding, and this, I guess, comes from your, I guess it would be great aunt, uh, regarding a power of attorney. What is this story, Amy? So, um, when my granny went missing, um, her sister-in-law, um, said that, uh, she see she used to walk and visit with her a lot um and my uncle uh, i think around the time he took her phone um stopped her going down there um but the la one of the last visits they had together my granny according to her told them that um my uncle had had her son power of attorney over to him mm -hmm. um, you know whether that's true whether the papers were filed i, I don't know for a fact um, mm -hmm. but I do know, um, that her, and I, I think I've heard that story somewhere else as well, um, or someone, or mm -hmm. someone else, I think my mama said that, you know, she had heard it as well, so we don't know if that's fact, but that was something we have been told. Okay. Being that your, uh, mother and Todd are brother and sister, has Todd ever showed your mother some sort of legal document that he could have control of Barbara's things in case Barbara died or Barbara it was incapacitated or Barbara went missing? Has he ever showed your mother or any other siblings? Uh, of course, you know, they would have some sort of rights to this. Has he ever showed any of them anything like that? Not that I know of. Okay. Let's move on to this. Um, you know, you've, you've kind of glanced, we've kind of glanced upon it uh, once in a while um, over the course of this interview. But regarding Todd, uh, what is his reputation in your family? In my opinion, he is um, not as responsible, um, you know, um, he's more greedy, mm -hmm. I feel like. Um, okay. That, yeah, I don't... <laughs> just uh, your just general opinion of Todd and your family. Would you say, let me ask you this, would you say that your mother has a better reputation in your family than Todd does? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, has Todd ever had any problems with the law? Yes. Todd um, got in trouble years ago. Um, mm -hmm. the, the 80s or 90s, um, he stole a truck from Kmart. Um, and he got caught selling the merchandise that was inside the truck, and mm. he went in prison for that. He did. Okay. Um, you know, the listeners should know. I've tried to look 
this story up. I've not been able to find it. Uh, can you? How old, by the way, is Todd now, approximately? Um, I would say in his fifties, maybe late fifties. I don't know. He may be sixty. I'm not sure. I know my mom is in her, um, her maybe mid sixties, mm -hmm. and he's younger. Okay. And uh, this this Kmart story, this truck story. Do you have an, even an idea of what year this occurred? Was this 10 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago? I would say at least 30. Um, mm -hmm. Probably maybe a little more. I was a kid. Mm -hmm. um, I do remember maybe 30 years ago him being in prison. Because I do remember going to visit him in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, with my mama, um, you know, when he was locked up, so, and I was probably 11 or 12 then. Okay. All right, so this goes way back. Uh, what about more recently, let's say within the last 10 years, would you say that he has stayed out of trouble in the last 10 years, you, to your knowledge? To my knowledge, yes. Okay. But I just want to make something clear, though, and I think we've already covered this, but we're, we're just going to make sure that we were as fair as fair can be. Had Barbara not gone missing, do you think there would have been any changes in the arrangement with Todd living with your grandmother and him taking care of her? Yes, I think, I think it it, it would have changed. It would have changed. But I think so. all right, but would it have changed simply because Barbara's condition maybe was getting worse, and not necessarily because of anything Todd was doing? Yes, that's exactly why I think because um, as she was getting worse, you know, <clears throat> everybody needed more care than mm -hmm. what he was able to give her. He worked, um, so mm -hmm. he didn't have somebody there for her twenty-four hours like she really needed. Mm -hmm. So I do feel. Forward, it some you know at some point there would have been a change would have been a change um, mm -hmm. in order to get for our care sure. and keep her safe. All right, I guess what I'm saying here is that if the condition situation was going to change, it was not because uh, Todd was um, ignoring her or abusing her or anything else. Yeah. It was simply because maybe it, it was she was getting to a point maybe it was just too much. For any regular person to handle. Right, yes. Right, because he's not a medical professional. He's not a nurse or anything, right? Yes. All right, so more somebody who more understands the situation. Uh, we know people who have Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, as their mental abilities deteriorate, they can get nasty and, and, and everything else. And it certainly can be very difficult on uh, family members. Uh, you know, although I've not personally experienced that in my life, but I, I certainly know it to be true. So this is uh, something maybe your family was concerned about. This is no reflection on Todd, though. Okay. Um, how hard has the last year and a half been? Um, of course, I'm talking to you. You're kind of heading this up. You're getting this out there uh, in the media. Uh, Amy, how hard has this all been and, you know, for your family, and maybe we should start here. How has Todd handled the last year and a half, being that his mother, who he was living with, has been missing? How has he handled it? Um, I mean, when I've seen him, you know, I've seen him 
you know, out in public a couple times, um, you know, he smiles and speaks and, you know, it, he seems okay, which I think <clears throat> everybody probably acts okay. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, deep down, I don't really know how anybody truly feels, um, you sure. know, except for myself. So, but, you know, when you see people, everybody looks okay, I guess. Right. Okay. Um, what about you, the rest of your family, your mother, maybe uh, Barbara's other children? How have they handled all this? Um, my, my mama, she puts on a brave face every day. Um, mm -hmm. I admire her because if I was in her shoes, even though it's my grandmother, it's not my mama missing, you know, and I just don't know that I could put on a brave face and, you know, get up and go to work and do everything that she does, um, you know. Yeah. I feel like I would probably just be in bed crying, you know, and just, if, I, if it was my mama, you know, it's hard enough being my grandmother. But I can only imagine that it's probably ten times harder, a hundred times harder on my mom. Right. That's right. Uh, maybe you can also talk about your first-hand experience. Maybe you've talked to somebody. You, of course, you were Barbara's grandchild. Maybe you've talked to some other of the other grandchildren about this. What have they all said? Um, you know how they how they reacted to it. You know, compare and contrast with your own feelings. Everybody just seems to want closure. Um, that's kind of the general thing. Um, I know I talk to probably my nieces um, more than anybody um, when it comes to my granny, and it's, we all just want closure. We want peace. You know, we want her to be at peace, and I just feel like until, you know, something happens, it's nobody's going to have any peace. We're not going to have any closure. You know, we don't have a grave to go to. We don't, we don't have anything. So, um, and, you know, every day, for me, every day, I just sit and wonder, you know, what happened. And a million things go through my mind. Um, personally, I've had dreams about her. Um, wow. Since she's been missing, um, I dream about being in town and at a store, you know, and her walking up to me with random people. Um, I've had dreams about her when she was younger. Um, you know, it's just, it's unreal. And, you know, there's really nobody other than family that we can talk to. You know, m most people haven't been in our shoes. You know, most people don't have a missing family member, so it's hard mentally. Uh, it's just, it's draining and exhausting. So that's why, you know, I don't know how my mama, you know, does what she does every day because mentally it's draining for me because I'm always constantly wondering, you know, where she's at, what's happened to her. Yeah. When are we going to know something? Are we going to know something? Will we ever have closure? Yeah. Right.
Yeah, we just have to remember uh, this. Maybe you don't know this, Amy, but the uh, listeners certainly do. That um, my job is to make sure, as best as I can, being a member of the media, researcher, investigator, certainly a person who get, can give good advice to people, uh, to people like yourself. That my job is to make sure that the disappearance doesn't go for another year, another two years, another three years, another five years. Because you need to understand that the average age of a disappearance I cover on Unfound is like 20 years old. Uh, now, we have covered a certainly some um, fairly recent disappearances on Unfound, which maybe brings down that average a little bit. But it's still around the 20-year mark. And I always see that as my job to um, do the best I can with this podcast to make sure... Of course, Barbara's and everybody else's doesn't get to 20 years old. And, um, you know, I've had people on the podcast who said, you know, I, when it was a couple years, disappearance was a couple years old, I was thinking, oh, we'll never get to 10 years, and then it gets to 10 years. And, oh, we'll never get to 15 years, and it gets to 15 years. And so um, it's, all, it's all very sad. It's all very sad, uh, especially when you have a, an older woman like this, who seemingly goes out for a walk and never comes back. And you need to start thinking that she walk off into the woods somewhere not knowing what she was doing. I'm sure that's gone through your head, your family's minds, and going to get through a lot of uh, the listeners' minds as well. But maybe there's uh, maybe another explanation for her disappearance. Do you have a, a Facebook page, a website, anything set up for Barbara's disappearance? If so, why don't you tell the listeners about it right now, Amy? We do not, um, but I have actually, since I have decided to start working on putting her information out there, um, that is one thing I had um, on my to-do list, um, so I will get one of those set up. Yeah, you, you should do that. It certainly raises the profile of any disappearance. If, For example, if you were to have you know, find Barbara McCray or Barbara McCray missing, something like that, if you were to start a page yeah. like that, I think that that would certainly help you out quite a bit. And also, um, you know, I was just discovering today in preparation for this interview that she's not yet on NamUs either. So um, you need to, I, I just don't, I, maybe unless I missed that, I put her last name in there and it, you know, there were McCrae's that come up, but not her. So you need to work on that, get together with local law enforcement, or you can just even go to namus.gov.gov and call them up and you know and let them know maybe that can get started because is anybody in your um, family given DNA yet? Um, I don't know if they took any mm-hmm. um, when they initially did. Probably not. That usually takes a little, they're not going to do that right away. They usually let a disappearance go unsolved for a while before they do that. I'm guessing you probably would know, probably somebody would have told you by now that that happened because that's very important. If, you know, for example, if remains were found in the area, probably they would be Barbara's given the location and everything, but you can never be too sure. So that's how they would be able to quickly determine if it was she or not. So you want to, you know, you want to get her on to NamUs, and get the the science part of this started as well. Something important to do. Um, maybe put that on your list. Um, any final words before we complete this interview? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. 
Okay. Well, I appreciate you being on this episode of Unfound, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you, you know, uh, putting this story out there for me. You're very welcome. Uh, that's what I do, and uh, I certainly hope this helps. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And that was my February 23rd, 2023 interview with Amy Coleman, granddaughter of Barbara McRae. I thank Amy for joining me and all of you on this episode. And yes, that is the fourth Amy this year. I have no explanation for it. The accompanying map analysis is now available on Unfound's channel on YouTube. Please watch it to help you better understand Barbara's disappearance. Maybe we should not be surprised, but like many other disappearances of this type, and I named some of them in the opening, David Hardy Jr., Robert Cox, Shelva Rafty, Shanna Boydo, there is a specter hanging over Barbara's disappearance that maybe she didn't wander off at all. That could have something happened at home. And there was a cover-up. That is not to say that there could have been foul play. The fact is that Barbara was 83 years old. She had dementia. Accidents happen. And dare I speculate... We might envision a scenario of Barbara falling down when nobody is home and Todd comes back to the house to find Barbara deceased and he covers it up because he feels responsible or there was something he did that caused Barbara's accident. Possible, although I'm not sure how probable. Furthermore, what may push the uninitiated to unfound public Toward a scenario such as this one, or worse, is that they think if a search is unsuccessful, then the missing person isn't out there, meaning they default to foul play. This is wrong. When a search is unsuccessful, all that means is that the person hasn't been found yet, whether due to foul play, accident, or anything else. In fact, as we know, a search can be done and nothing is found. A few years later, another search is done in the same area and someone discovers the missing person's remains. This happens all the time. And this is why I raised the issue in the summary. Do we need to totally rethink how searches are conducted? Me? I certainly believe so. But my observations over the last six and a half years tell me that the powers that be don't want to go that distance. Whether walking, running, crawling, or anything else. If you'd like to read and hear more of my thoughts on Barbara's disappearance and the current state of searching in the 21st century, please sign up at patreon.com forward slash unfound podcast. You can really help what we do here. Now, I leave the public theorizing up to you. And that's the program. 
right now while you are in your podcast platform, Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, wherever, give Unfound a five-star review, a thumbs up, whatever that platform allows. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel, and you've just finished this episode of Unfound.